Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. And in the studio with you tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Nikki. And it's Ian. I think we should start off with this from mysanantonio.com. Somebody sent this to me on Twitter, maybe because they saw it was San Antonio or something, um, and it's pretty funny. It says, underpopulated, over-policed Texas town leads to police chief termination. After investigative reports showed a small East Texas town had one officer for every five residents. Whoa, what? Yeah, they had 250 people in the whole town and 50 of them were police officers. Usually the ratio is considered, I believe, 500 to one. That's sort of like the standard policing ratio. If you're higher than that or lower, however you want to look at it, if there's more police officers per you know, like one for every 250 people, that's considered a heavy level of policing. One for every five people? Yeah, just having what? 250 people in a town and 50 of fifty people driving around writing tickets is crazy. So normally when you have 250 people in a town, there is no police department. Yeah, there's like right. one, you know, cop. like normally it, it would just be like whatever the sheriff or the county. State but police, you wouldn't- yeah. Yeah, stuff like that, but like you wouldn't have a police department for 250 people. I mean, that's like a middle Generally of nowhere no. town. I mean, although um, here in New Hampshire, your mileage may vary because some towns as large as I think Westmoreland, which is the town west of Keene mm-hmm. where we're living here, uh, that town has no cop, but they used to. So they actually abolished their police department they only have like one? 10 years ago. Yeah, I think they had one or one and a half or something like that. One what? and a half. <laughs> yeah, a part-timer. Yeah. Um, and, but... Uh, Roxbury, which is the town to the east North. of Keene, uh, is like a 200-person town. And the last I heard, they still had a cop or two there. Yeah. Like so a, it's kind of just based off of what the people vote it's for. It's totally based off of yeah. that. Yeah. But well, I don't. I can't imagine people would have voted to pay in a 250-person town for 50 cops, right? That's what we're talking about here, that, right? That's a good point. Like, just paying for that is a lot for 250 people. That's like completely unaffordable. I, I can't even understand how that could even it's happen. East Texas, lots of small towns and like just oil rigs and stuff. I feel like those types of people would love their cops. Mm. So okay. this is from mysantonio.com, but it's nowhere near there. It's like, I've never even heard of it. It's called Coffee City, which I like the name. Huh. It's a great name. Um, I don't even understand this part of the sentence. After investigative reports showed... That a small East Texas town had one officer for every five residents. Why do you need an investigative report to figure that out? Like, there's 250 people that should be on a sign somewhere. And then uh, 50 of fifty people working for the police department. But whatever. Um, the After that happened, city officials canned their police chief and deactivated the police department. So I'm not really? sure if that means they'll come back. Because deactivated doesn't sound like a permanent deletion. Now lo- it's kind of strange, though. It is strange. It, like I didn't know that was weird. a thing. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. whole thing is very odd. Yeah, I, I, deactivated doesn't sound permanent to me. So yeah, I didn't, I've never heard of that being a thing. It says now locals are showing up at city hall to have their tickets dismissed due to over policing. <laughs> you don't <Okay>. say. <laughs> Coffee City, a town in East Texas with a population of two fifty, had fifty officers. Heavily patrolling city streets and issuing millions of dollars in traffic tickets. Outrageous. According to a KHOU 11 investigative report, so some news agency. I, I would love to know, and maybe maybe your story has this, this information in it, what portion of the town budget, they call this a city, but there's literally 250 people living in mm-hmm. it, uh, what, what portion of this city budget was actually going to the well, police. They call it a town. It's just called Coffee City, a town in East Texas, it says. That's confusing, but yeah. okay. Uh, so what portion of the city bu- or town budget was going to the police? It must be a huge chunk. Yeah. And then also, what in addition to their police budget were the police generating in ticket revenue? Because it sounds like they're just ticketing the hell out of the other 200 people in yeah. this town or whoever drove through there. Okay, I mixed up East and West, by the way. There's a lot more going on in East Texas than West Texas. I mixed Mm -hmm. that up. This is East of Dallas. No, no, it says North of Houston. So I was like, oh, and I 
it's Face-palmed. way further north of Houston. It's a little closer to Dallas. So. Um, but it, I still would say that area likes their cops. They're right by Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure most of, of Texas, Texas probably likes would, cops. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just confused. Like, how did this happen? How, yeah, how what's did the it, background on this? I, yeah, like, where did 50 cops come from in a town of 250 <laughs> people? You this know place what I mean? just sounds like a place built to just, like, make revenue. It's, it's so, I mean, they said they well, have millions of dollars. You're saying the town people got upset about it no, and they put a stop to it? It's not that the town no. people rose up. It's a KHOU11 reporter did an investigative report about it. And right. then, like, since light was shown on it, they just dismantled their well, police department. I mean, it sounds like... What they're issuing millions of tic- tickets a year? Is millions that what of it's? dollars worth? Yes, oh, millions, millions of dollars. I know it's millions something. So either way, it sounds like the cops in this town are harassing these people. I mean, why would why would they be happy about that? Last week we talked about Liberland, which is a experimental country, uh, for lack of a better term, that exists in what they call no man's land. This is a uh, area of the world. There's not very many of these. In fact. There may be no more than, you know, one or two uh, of the, in this case, it's a land, it's a swamp in the Danube River between Croatia and Serbia. And it's, I believe, seven kilometers square. So like two, three miles, two, three square miles, not a very large place. And they are, uh, libertarians have been claiming this particular land for close to a decade at this point. And then in August, they finally announced that Liberland is open for settlement. And last week, we talked in detail about what that means, what are the requirements for somebody to go and settle Liberland, how is it going. Uh, it looked like there was a one house that had been built. Hmm. They had a plan to build this sort of uh, you know Liberland government uh, facility building thing. And we were criticizing Liberland last week because they had made a statement that they were going to adopt all of the Croatian government's building codes. Oh, that's a strange thing to do. But without requiring the permits. So they were like adopting the standards, I guess, of what you should build to. You know, you Mm -hmm. have to have a certain type of electricity, you know, Wiring quality or whatever, right? Yeah. Like whatever you know, stuff you have to do to build a house in Croatia, they would say you have to do in Liberland. And that's one thing. I don't think too many people are opposed to the idea of building standards, but... Especially if there's no um, repercussion or, you know, there's, if there's no, no... Right. There's no impor- enforcement system there. But speaking of enforcement, the things that we were really criticizing Liberland for was that they made an announcement that they were also going to adopt the, and had announced that they were adopting the Croatian criminal law system, the entirety of the Croatian criminal code they were adopting for Liberland, and they further said they were going to grant uh, jurisdiction to the Croatian police to enforce the Croatian criminal code. Just live in Croatia then. Yep. And that's what it's basically like. It's like now you live in a crappy spot of Croatia instead of living in like the city or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like like a nice part. Yeah, exactly. So it's so strange to me. You live in a swamp in Croatia. It sounded to me like on, you know, day number 40 of the move into Liberland, they went ahead and just ceded the entire territory to Croatia. And they were saying, oh, no, this is just temporary. We, uh, cri- cr- uh, criminality is an international problem. They had all this stuff uh, surrounding the announcement that just made absolutely no sense at all. It totally seemed like it was pandering to the UN or like the international yeah. governments to try to get them to, because that's been what they've been trying to do for the last decade is they've been trying to get other governments, which are, you know, thugs, right? These are just people who are ruling o- over others with violence. They're trying to get those other government people to acknowledge Liberland as one of them. So I think that's what sort of motivated this move on their part to, look, we are serious about crime. So we're going to adopt the entirety of, including all the bad criminal laws, right? Because Croatia isn't known as, I mean, they are in the top hundred as far as, you know, more free countries, but they're not a free place, right? There is, no. There's no free country. So you know there's a ton of bad laws. There's a ton of bad – I'm sure there's a war on drugs in uh, in Croatia or whatever, and they just adopted it all. So literally two or three days after we did this story yep. – in fact, I think it was the next day. We just didn't hear about it until Friday. Headline from LiberlandPress.com. This is the headline. Brutal. 
Croatia invades Liberland, destroys houses. It was Thursday morning last week. A private company on the orders of Zupan Inspector acting on behalf of the Croatian Forest Department made an unannounced extraterritorial incursion into Liberland and demolished and removed Liberland property. Liberlanders living on the land were threatened with arrest if they interfered. An unspecified number of Liberlanders were arrested under the vague charges of, quote, failure to comply with a lawful order. Now, you ladies are making the point that by adopting the Croatian criminal code, they were essentially inviting this attack and by the Croatian the police. And Croatian police in. They, get, they didn't just adopt the Croatian code. They said that that's our code and we allow the Croatian police they to did enforce say, them. They did say that. I just It doesn't feel like a coincidence to me that it just happened Happen to be like within the same week. later, yeah. you know, and, and maybe, you know, the people of Liberland were trying to prevent because if they've been harassed by Croatia for, you know, the past 10 years, maybe they were trying to prevent that and it backfired. Well, I don't know what the real story is, but I think it's a really bad look that they allowed the Croatian yeah. police to have jurisdiction over their property. And then the Croatian police came in and destroyed it. I think it would look worse for Croatia if they hadn't adopted their criminal laws so they did do they did adopt the croatian criminal laws and then the cops came in and destroyed all their stuff so i mean it's a it's a real shame uh and i hope that they will unadopt the croatian criminal laws if they even i mean the whole thing is just absolutely ridiculous i mean the, why would they have done that in the first place? They thought it, I think they just thought it was going to curry favor with the Croatian yeah, government. It just and doesn't sound very liberty oriented. No. You know, like it, it's not a very it's like not libertarian attractive. thing to do, no. I agree. Is that something that I would move to the middle of nowhere to live under for, you know, the name of freedom? Yeah, to live in a mosquito-filled swamp when the cops can just come in and destroy your home that you spent 25 days building? Then again, we live in a mosquito-filled swamp, and the cops just That's true. came and Good destroyed point, our Bonnie. home. True. Um, well, Although we are still living in it, so it wasn't completely dissembled. This is um, the English version, but I gotta say, the language, I mean, the title of this YouTube video is in what I'm assuming is Croatian, and I gotta say, what a strange language. It looks like a mixture of like... Oh, you didn't pick the all, English one? This may not be in English, then. No, when I clicked on it, it was English. Um, there were three different versions. Yeah, no, it says Liberland in English. Okay, so it doesn't have those... What's it called? The Russian uh-huh. uh, characters? I don't know what those are called. But it's not... It doesn't have... So it has the... The Liberlanders and free citizens of the world. See, it's English. Okay, it's okay English. but I'm saying it has it written out in like our letters, mm-hmm. but it says... I'm just saying, it looks like a mixture of like Dutch with like the names of yoga poses. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so here's him in English. This is Jed. I mean, not, sorry, Viet. Jedlicka, I believe is how it's pronounced. I always want to call him Jed because Jedlicka has. Yeah, J E D. Yeah, yeah. so it's like that. Okay, so here's him talking about what happened. President Jed. Dear Liberlanders and free citizens of the world, Liberland is facing unprecedented attack by Croatia. Free citizens? Come on. Now we already know. These aren't really libertarian. Mm-hmm. Authorities. A group of Croatian policemen and people from the forestry came and confiscated all personal property on territory of Liberland. What's people from the forestry? The Like the forest department, basically, mm-hmm. in Croatia? They have also brutally destroyed all our buildings, including the building for Liberland security. No, no, show me first, and then you can I, give me I, a... I'm, I'm, show me first, and then you can give me a... Wow. So, right there, what we were listening to was... Um, the cops... Oh, wait, sorry, I'm using the wrong thing. This one? Yep, that's the one. So, the cops are trying to take something in this guy's house or go into this guy's house. And There's he was saying, one house that they'd built so far oh, wow. when this happened, he and was saying, uh, they destroyed it. Show me first, maybe like a permit, mm-hmm. and then you can do it. And the cops are like, no. And they're just like pushing him. Well, why should they show him a permit? I mean, they are absolutely outside of their jurisdiction... I mean, even though Liberland has adopted the criminal code, this isn't a criminal act, right? Like, there's, mm. this is the forest department. I mean, they've just built a house or whatever. I mean, maybe there is. Maybe that is a criminal act, but it, sh- it certainly shouldn't be. Um, but the whole idea that having a warrant would have made this thing okay is also absurd. Yeah. 
Well, here they are pushing him out. It's legal command to move. So move. I'm don't touch myself. Move. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. Okay, yeah, I tackled him. So the cops trying to take his camera. He says, "Don't touch it." And then he says, "Don't touch me." And then then he's on the ground. Hong Kong is generally considered to be, or at least was considered for many years, to be the most free place in the world. Now, mm-hmm. this was, this was, you know, the the Chinese government took it over from the British in 1997, but it took them about 30 years. Uh, to, well, it hasn't quite been 30 years, but it's it's taken the the bulk of uh, the last couple decades for the Chinese government to really start to put their claws into Hong Kong, and so now it's not as free as it was, say, 10 or 15 years ago, but. Hong Kong, when it was a relatively free place, essentially built the most free city with an incredibly high population density on what is generally known as a uh, rock. Hong Kong is not particularly known for having any kind of natural resources. It really you know has nothing. Hard I mean, to grow things there because it's a rock. Yeah, I mean, it's like there's nothing natural that Hong Kong has besides the fact that the British government let it be this kind of free zone where people mm-hmm. could do things without having to ask a lot of permission and it became the freest place on the planet for a very very long time just looking at the um the population density it is 6800 people per square kilometer in Hong Kong and if there's, you know, if there's seven square kilometers in uh, Liberland, that's 47,000 people that could live yeah. in Liber- Liberland. I mean, that's, that's again, Hong Kong density. So, I mean, that would be like, you know, building buildings up yeah. and multiple people living in multiple story buildings. But, I mean, there's some potential. Well, I wish them good luck. Um, I just... I really do. I mean, I, I, I was... Really disheartened last week when I found out that they had adopted yeah. the entire Croatian criminal code. Like that seemed to be completely unnecessary, and it's a really bad, um, really optics. bad, yeah, optics. I mean, least. I wouldn't want to live there after that. No, even me if neither. even if I wanted to move there and was like, you know, I'm cool with mosquitoes, and yeah. you know, living here where there's like really nothing developed yet. Once I found out, you know, in theory, if I were to be interested in that. If I found out that they adopted all of this stuff from Croatia, I would no longer be interested yeah. in moving there. I'd pull up stakes and leave. I'm assuming if you're hardcore enough to like leave your home country, you know, declare yourself sovereign mm-hmm. and move to this no man's land, so to speak, that you wouldn't want to be governed or ruled right. by any like rules and regulations of another country. That just doesn't really make any sense to me. Yeah, I. Uh, it's going to be still, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, we looked it up. Uh, Croatia was like number 69 in the world in freedom. Was it that low? I feel, yeah, okay. That Not that right. great, um, considering there's only like 200 countries, right? Yeah. Um, Top third. Yeah, um, I, I felt like we want, we expected it to be worse, but still it's not like great. Like, yeah, I, I'm just no. saying, if you just want to move somewhere for freedom, Croatia doesn't pop into your mind. No, nope, so. certainly doesn't. And I again, I, I wish them the best, and hopefully we'll hear some good news about them not having their homes destroyed. I don't want to see that happen to anybody. I don't. I don't. Wish... They get their stuff back. Their surfboard. Yeah, I think it was a mistake to adopt the Croatian law. They say it's quote unquote temporary. I don't know. You know, there's nothing more temporary than a government program, or yes. nothing more permanent. Rather, I think is the line. Nothing more permanent than a temporary government program. So it's hard to be optimistic uh, about this, especially considering what's happened. Dave Ridley, what's on your mind? Well, uh, have you guys been following this, uh, this lawsuit uh, against the Keene or, you know, against the Cheshire County Jail? Uh, which one was this? So there's this guy who's claiming that he, he like, they, they, they led to a situation where he got his leg, leg broken. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard about this one. Yeah, you guys already talked about this? I don't know if it's been talked about on the air, no. So... Um, <clears throat> What's interesting here, I think what the jail said about it was was most telling. Um, they, so according to the Keen Sentinel quote, an incident report from the jail, which documents Tucker's leg injury, states that the prep pepper spray and taser were used as part of efforts to secure inmates in their cells. According to a jail disciplinary report, 
Tucker and three other inmates had violated several rules, Mm. including any organized activity that disrupts institutional security, Mm. unquote. So like... I like to say, but by their grievances shall ye know them, right? Like, so if the guy had slugged somebody, they would just say he slugged somebody, mm-hmm. right? Then you have a grievance there against him. But he, he, if, they, if they say something like any organized activity that disrupts, they're talking about nothing probably, or like just violating mm-hmm. a rule or you know, trying, to, trying to start a union or something like that that's protected, right? Hard to say, but yeah, I get what you're saying. They're being very vague. There's this other uh, passage that, quote, responding to a reporter's right to know request for records related to the incident, Aote said via email August 15th that documents related to individual inmate discipline are exempt under state law on public, uh, state law for public release, unquote. Uh, Mm. uh, Exempt under state law from public release, unquote. So you're just saying, oh, we're not going to give you any information. Yeah, that sucks. Maybe the guy who's suing can talk about it himself? He is at Concord now. I believe he's at the state prison now. So he was mm-hmm. on, like, he was in sort of a transitory situation mm-hmm. uh, from one jail to another when this, you know, this incident occurred that broke his leg, which I guess he's still got screws in it. He's still in constant pain. Now, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it, like the, the way they put it, it, like, some kind of heavy object fell on his leg and broke it. It doesn't sound like. You know, it doesn't sound like a guard just took a hammer to it or anything like that. But there was just some kind of an incident in where he got his leg broken. Oh, I, I uh, you know, from what I heard and which I did not look deeply into it, my understanding was the um, guards were the ones who contributed to the breaking of this man's leg. Um, you know, they are likely to pile on if somebody is making life a little more difficult for them, they will crank up the force. I mean, they some of these guys, I'm sure, get off on it, on using force on these, these prisoners. Uh, but the fact is, you know, when you're in their custody, they have you, they have the, the methods, they have the, uh, the tools to make your life very, very uncomfortable. I mean, jail is not a comfortable place to be in general, but they can make it worse for you. And, you know, some guys have to learn that the hard way. I'm not justifying what was done to him, but... I've seen the uh, the guards use escalating violence at the two jails that I've been at so far. I, I was at uh, Cheshire County, this very same facility you're talking about, a decade ago for civil disobedience. And then two years ago, I was at uh, the Boscoin, uh, what is it? Which county is that? Yeah. Uh, Concord, Merrimack, Merrimack, Merrimack County Jail for uh, for 69 days. And there was some guy who was acting I don't even remember what crazy stuff he was doing in his cell. Like he kept yelling on yelling. Night. Yeah, I think he was just yelling all night, and, that sucks. and he wouldn't stop. And uh, for everyone and, else, because like Ian was complaining, like he couldn't sleep because this guy is yelling all night. Yeah, well, I mean that's just a thing that happens in in jail. You know, they bring in drunk people, they drink, bring in people in all kinds of mental states, and mm-hmm. they they tend to make noise. But usually, they calm down after some amount of time. This one just did not calm down, uh, and they. To the jailer's credit, they did give him many chances before they finally brought, like, the equivalent of the jail SWAT team in to essentially, I don't know if they hogtied him or what they did to him, but they went in there and they went in there like five men deep. Like, they were lined up outside of the cell ready to go in and wow. put this man, you know, in some level of extra shackles, essentially. And, you know, uh, in just regular life, not just, like, in jail— there is just a certain type of person who's waiting all day for somebody to do something so they feel justified to hurt someone or yell at mm-hmm. someone or like cut someone off, you know, like those in traffic. Those people are absolutely working at jail. And those sure. people are going to get attracted to go to jail so yep. that way they can feel justified. Like, oh, this guy's yelling all night. Now we get to hog time. Well, yeah. it's, it's the same thing with cops, right? Like those people love power and they love yeah. having control over other human beings. And it absolutely makes sense that th- that kind of evil human being would want to be a correctional officer. I mean, you're literally uh, overseeing people in cages. Yep. Yeah. Not justifying it, but these things happen and we don't know the details here. So it's hard to really say one way or another, you know, who was in the right versus wrong. I kind of buried the lead here. The guy's name is Antoine Tucker. Again, like he's, he's now at NH state prison uh, in Concord. And I believe I got the impression he was in jail on a drug charge. So, mm. 
That's another red flag here. Uh, again, you know, what, what exactly has this guy done that's wrong? Hmm. Because I'm pretty sure any organized activity that disrupts an institutional security is not necessarily unethical. Ricky, what's on your mind? Thank you there, Miss Bonnie. Brother Ian, good evening. What's on your mind? Well, you know, it's an interesting one tonight, and it's a real topical one, huh? You know, and and it goes back to something that now makes perfect sense. You know, many months ago, Speaker McCarthy, I want to call him that, made crazy Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia, one of the most powerful people in the in the Congress, put her on the Homeland Security Committee, put her on the Oversight Committee. He even said, I'm going to do everything to protect that girl. Now, that now makes sense. Raising the debt ceiling. When he got a nothing burger, he should have been fired. Reason why? At that time, the moderates didn't want her to be speaker, but here we are today. And there's and what's going to happen now? I just heard her now gearing it up. See, the moderates now have had a new Gearing position. what up? Uh, for her to become speaker, and I'm going to tell you why. See, the moderates now are looking at this, what McCarthy has done. What has you he see, done? We're raising, well, the problem is he made, he got a nothing burger from Biden, you know, and they want to raise the debt ceiling. The problem is all this stuff's already paid. What you're, say, what you're saying is they raised the Republicans cracked. They talked real tough. Uh, this was back in May when the whole debt ceiling thing was right, uh, was happening. Right. They and talked real tough, and they got. You're saying this guy got nothing uh, in response from giving up or giving in on the the debt ceiling. Is right. that what you're and saying? The MAGA people didn't play their card and fire McCarthy because at that time the moderates didn't want her as speaker. Speaker, but times have changed. Reason why? Yeah, Marjorie Taylor is Marjorie Taylor Green is crazy. She, you can listen to her. She don't even understand government. But you know what? Better than McCarthy, because I can say it according to Rich, Brother Richie, and here's what it comes down to. It's why does it even matter, though? I mean, who cares if she's going to be the speaker because or here's not? here's the reason why, because she could be easily manipulated and controlled, even though she's crazy. Well, now, isn't that true for all of them? Because she's a woman? No, no. No, he, he really screwed up. And I'll tell you something else. I know how to get the money. See, there's nowhere you to get do? the money, but I know where. And see, it started with the Republicans under Nixon with Big Pharma, and then it got paid off by George W. Bush. And you know what? The whole system, I'm talking to antidepressants, the antipsychotics, all that crap, cut off the SSI money. Cut it off. And there's no reason to give it out to anybody either. Now, these guys are bitching and moaning. I don't know how much raising is. Nobody knows, including the media, maybe Congress, maybe Biden. I don't know. But I'll tell you what, that did give a big chunk of it. Now, she's, he, he's going to get blown away. Who? You know, and, and, uh, McCarthy. Blown away? What do you mean by that? He's going to lose his job this time because they will take her as speaker over him. You know? Now, is there any kind of uh, motion in this way besides in Ricky's head, or is there? are they actually talking about that? Uh, well, I've been watching the news, and I've been hearing McCarthy, and he's, he's, he's sounding real nervous. Now, I just heard a little bit ago, Marjorie Taylor Greene is now being called the leader of the House. Well, speaking of the S word, we have Sarah on the line in New Mexico. That was funny, Bunny. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that the city of Albuquerque is being sued along with um, the restaurant, the sort of the alcohol, and also the river of light by the family that um, had their seven-year-old um, got killed by the red light violator during the... Why the are they... Who, hold on. The, the family of a kid that was killed by a guy in the roads... Uh, is, is suing, suing like um, the city and the people who served the guy the alcohol who hit the was and he a also drunk driver the the bio park too they 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 threw them the what on park the bio too. park bio park yeah the the park they were going to the river of life I think one of the bio parks they hold them responsible too why it just doesn't seem because like ethical felt- to charge all these random establishments. Um, the thing is, 
they certainly they could they could have done more to uh make it safe for people to get there to deliver a light like putting lights more uh, brighter lights the crosswalk and the restaurant they served the alcohol they had them on film the and then they they hid the the surveillance cameras and the the footage and just so the, more think, people who want to blame other people for something that one man did there was one man who got drunk and got behind the wheel, right? And he crashed into this kid and killed him? Um, you know what? That's the only one that caught, made a big notice. They, they've been running and... But that's what the story was, man. right? Just one man. He killed this kid, right? Right, right. Yeah, but the well, thing what? is, he's the one that got busted and got put blown up. So... He's but dead. He's running red lights and he's, killing people. Hold on, left just to clarify, the man who killed the child is dead. He got blown up. No, no, he's gonna do. No, what I'm saying, he's got the um, publicity. Oh. They've been running red lights and. But he's going to prison, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's going to prison, but these people they want money, right? Because they understand that the guy going to prison isn't going to result in get them getting a check for their dead son. So now they're going to go after anybody they can hmm. that has money in their pockets, including the shopping center. No, or... the bio park, I looked it up. It's um, a zoo, a botanic garden, aquarium. So it's shut just... down the zoo, yeah. shut down the aquarium, shut down the bar that sold the guy the drink because he never would have gotten a drink have to somewhere do with else. the zoo? So I don't know. I, they're just trying to hit out at anybody they possibly can. Because Sarah said to that they money. didn't have good enough public lights in the road. What is? How it's is ridiculous. that their problem? It's it's ridiculous. I mean, this is the, people this, should have lights on their car. This is the uh, the irresponsibility of people to say that they can't just take responsibility and say this one person did this thing. But was they the can't. kid in the road? I don't know, Sarah. Yeah, so the the whole thing is I I am in support of these people. I would if I, I wish I, I had a contact Why should with the them. bar owner or the guy who sold him the drink be responsible for this guy? Well, I think they're partly but you know Should what? they sue I, Toyota I or Honda or whoever it was that the you know, whatever car company was that this guy was driving? Is that their Sarah fault? Would probably yeah, like they that. they probably should because the car should have automatic brakes. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin... Visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. AI girlfriends are replacing the human woman. Right, Ian? Well, uh, it seems to be a thing these days. Uh, There's a story over at thehill.com where the headline is an opinion piece by someone named Liberty, Liberty Vittert who says AI girlfriends are ruining an entire generation of men. Are all of them using that? That sounds a little hyperbolic. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Uh, But nonetheless, let's see what she has to say. I presume this is a she. Liberty? That sounds like a female name. Uh, The rise of virtual artificial intelligence AI girlfriends is enabling the silent epidemic of loneliness. In an entire generation of young men, it is also having severe consequences for America's future. We have talked on this show, I think, with you on, Bonnie, about Japan, for instance, and the replacement rate, as they call it, which is the number of uh, children that a couple would have or women uh, will have in order to replace the existing population and grow the existing population. You have to have a replacement rate of two. Yep. Um, you know, for a couple, you would need to have two kids in order yeah. to stay at the same level. If you have a 2.1 or a 2.2 or something, then that means you're having more children than currently exist people. So, therefore, you're going to be able to grow the population. The United States is below 2. I think it's like 1.7. Japan is like a 1.3. There's some places in the world where it's like 1 or 0.9. These are places where they're slowly essentially dying off. There are more people who are going to die 
then there are people who are going to be born, and that causes certain problems in society, certain problems with the economy, and that's that's kind of what they're. She's, I think, that's where I think this person is coming from here. It's the idea of these uh, younger generations specifically are getting quote into relationships with online artificial intelligence and therefore they're not even there's like if there was no near to no chance that they would get a date before now there's zero chance that they're going to get a date okay and possibly meet somebody and possibly have sex to have children at some point in the future they're saying that the advent of uh, ai is possibly going to make that even worse so she says how is it something that seems so ridiculous a virtual AI girlfriend causing a crisis or future crisis among Americans. Well, with millions of users, apps have created virtual girlfriends that talk to you, love you, allow you to live out your erotic fantasies, and learn through... How could you possibly live them out? Sexting. That's yeah, not really I living mean, anything no, out. No, it's not. Well, uh, if you have a strong imagination, I suppose. <laughs> right. Uh, and learn through data exactly what you like and what you don't like, creating the, quote, perfect relationship. These virtual girlfriends can even be based on real people. One influencer created an AI bot of herself named Karen, then gained over 1,000 users, i.e. real boyfriends, in less than a week and a wait list of more than 15,000 people. Wait, so if it's... Wow. Did she just program it, it, what it will say and stuff, or what does it have to do with her? I, well, I, I presume it was trained on her, but I don't know you know, any details. I didn't look to find out where this exists. So guys um, want to date Karens. It's spelled C-A-R-Y-N, but yes, I guess it, it is a Karen. Hmm. Um, so with these large language models like ChatGPT, which I'm sure you guys have heard of, maybe our listeners yeah. don't know. But ChatGPT has in, uh, ingested essentially all of the text on the internet, and you can talk to it, right? And it can respond to you. You can focus a, a GPT or whatever. You can focus one of these chatbots on, let's just say you have your own blog or something mm-hmm. like that, and you tell it to ingest all of that data, and then you can say, write a story about, you know, uh, knitting. As I would write it, essentially. And then it would just go ahead and use your style. It would have already figured out kind of how you write. And it would write a story purportedly. I've, I've not tried this, but this is my understanding of how these things work. It should sound like you because you trained it with your writing style. It would honestly be kind of funny if you trained a chat GPT on freekeen.com and then asked it to make... <laughs> Stories that sound like yeah. they're from freekeen.com. There's some way to do it. I don't know how we should do difficult. that. <laughs> I don't know how funny. difficult or easy it is, but it's probably easier than we think. Hmm. So maybe that's what she did. I don't know. But essentially, she's got a thousand guys. And why there's a wait list, I don't know. Maybe she just doesn't have enough server space to handle the other 15,000 that want to pay her. To- yeah, that was like my next question right. that was brewing. But first I was like, if she, if it's AI, what does it have to do with her? Like, she's not controlling the AI. She, she just presumably made it based on her? Yeah. Set it and forget it, I think, is what's going on here. She, uh, you know, created this thing, probably with some assistance or whoever. And then she's got some sort of a sign-up thing, and guys are paying money to talk to a fake version of her. There's just so many hu- like factors to human interactions mm-hmm. and ha- being in a relationship with somebody. Uh, you know that right, like going through the good times and the bad times. Well, and just like physical contact. Mm, well, of course. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. Why does it matter how I'm big assuming, your AI chatbot you know, butt is? Yeah, if you can't yeah. touch it. I yeah. Mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just it. It comes off as very, very sad. Uh, yeah, it does. You know, right out the right out the gate, like it's hard to find this a defensible thing. But we'll see. Okay, let, we'll keep going here. So let's look at the hard numbers. More than sixty percent of young men between the ages eighteen and thirty. So we're talking about these are late millennials and Gen Z. Okay, the younger generation. More than sixty percent of them are single. Compared to only 30% of women the same age. Now, 
I think the relevant question here is how has that number changed over the years? What was it in the 1990s? What was it in the 2000s as far as, you know, men who are under 30, between 18 and 30? How many of them were single then? What is, is it, it now? Sorry. 60%, more mm-hmm. than 60% are single. And I wonder how much COVID impacted that because it's like, that was it like a couple did. years of people's lives that they couldn't socialize yep. as freely and normally. Uh, compared to 30% of the women the same age. Now, this has probably always been true, or at least the discrepancy between men and women, if you think about it, yeah. right? I mean, it's the oldest thing you know, for older men to have younger girlfriends. Younger women, of course, are going to be attracted to men with more experience and men with more money and things like that. So, I mean, that's not uh, a surprise to see that younger women are more likely to be in a relationship than younger men. But how much worse is it now than it was 10, 20, 30 years ago? That's the relevant question. One in five men report not having a single close friend. Now this, they actually give you some reference. They say that number has quadrupled Hmm. in the last 30 years. Wow. So it was one out of 20 Young men having only not even one single close friend is now one out of five. So that's I just wonder why. You know? Well, um, now that is an excellent question. Uh, it probably has something to do with technology. Yeah, don't you like think? you don't yeah. need a close friend if you hang out with people on Xbox every night. Right. And, and do those people count? Like for whatever yeah. the survey, when they're asking these people, do you have a real close friend or a single close friend can you say your buddy who you're on xbox playing call of duty with every single night is your close friend are you allowed to give that answer for this survey or would they say no no no? we mean a real life person that you have you know seen physically in the last oh i don't know four months yeah or something like that yeah what's the qualification i would say no no way. That's not a real friend. Can yeah. you count on him to do anything but, you know, frag you or headshot you in the, in the yeah. video game? Uh, is I he going to show up at your funeral? I do know people who have met other people on Xbox and then met them in person and become yes. friends. Yep, that's true. Um, but that's like a different... That, I, and I'm how assuming that, that? Yeah, I'm assuming that's not typical at all. We have Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, what's on your mind? Well, it's about collectivism versus defense. Now, I was a victim of collectivism. I know what what that's like. It was an unforgivable hate crime. Uh, On 24 May 1979, Governor Hugh Gallen signed a bill raising the drinking age in New Hampshire to 20. I was 19 at the time. And I see the issue was that some of these people who were 18 and 19 years old who were drinking lawfully, uh, some of them would then go out and drive. And therefore, instead of punishing the ones that commit the crimes, they would go out and they, let's just uh, commit this unforgivable attack on the fundamental rights and basic human dignity of everybody who's 18 or 19, even if they've never driven drunk or any of that stuff, because mm-hmm. uh, they don't. And it was a wake-up call for me in many ways because I realized that the country really is overrun with deranged, degenerate punks who don't give a fire truck about somebody else's rights. Because no matter how well you can express the flaws in their lines of reasoning and prove that this is a blatantly unjust law, they don't care. Nope, they don't care. It's for the children. Now, uh, the other part of this is, now getting on to defense, after the, the uh, Battle of Palmdale, where that deputy got killed on September the 16th, I built a web page, the Deputy Ryan Clinkenbrumer Memorial Page, and I explain exactly why uh, Ian and Bonnie are totally wrong about where to draw the line between collectivism and defense, because the cops all are an organized force. They all signed up to go on a mission to commit uh, violations of the non-aggression principle. And when you say violations of the non-aggression principle, a simple name for that is aggression. They all signed up to commit unprovoked acts of aggression against innocent people. And therefore, just like uh, the Battle of Concord, where uh, the British soldiers were advancing and people just started gunning down as many as they could, 
and the Battle of Bunker Hill on... Well, hold on, hold on. I'm pausing you there because I, I, I want to be able to respond. I, I'm putting him on hold because if I talk, then you hear me in the background mm-hmm. instead yeah, of uh, got a weird phone. turning it up and down every single time someone's talking. It's too hard. Um, I'm putting him on hold because I want to say, just because I agree that every single cop is signing up to commit acts of aggression against people. But the thing is, asking you to, or forcing you to pay a $50 fine, I don't think that that is answerable with, like, killing someone. That's why And that's what he's referring to. He's talking about a cop that 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 was shot just sitting in his car. At a red light, yeah. So what do you think about that, Tom? Well, it's not the end of the world if you get a mosquito bite and you still kill the mosquito, don't you? Humans aren't mosquitoes. David in New Mexico, what's on your mind, David? I was going to say, I don't, um, well, first of all, I have pretty good luck with cops with how I, how I, uh, uh, the, the techniques that I use on them. Um, what kinds? But, well, I just, I just, I, I know the law better than they do. And, and I, and I know that they, that their job kind of sucks in a lot of different ways. And so I empathize with them and I tell them, you know, I tell them what the law is, and I tell you, and I just flow chart it. You know, if you, if you do this, and I'm going to do this, and this is going to happen, so don't do this, knock this off. This is what I need you to do, and uh, and 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 you know, basically, like, well, you were you're in a military family. I basically act like I'm one rank above them, and I'm their commanding officer, and I tell them what's up. <laughs> and and they're kind of programmed to respond to... that that way to respond to that, aren't they? So what? And you're I, saying that works. Works for me, but but I'm me, and I I don't I when when I'm face to face with them, they can see they're dealing with somebody who's not taking any s, and that I know what I'm talking about, and that I will meet them in court if they really go uh, beyond what they're lawfully allowed to do, and and it never never really gets that far because they they see my demeanor, mm. and and I and they don't and they don't aside from the ones that are total uh, uh, butt clowns, you know, I had to use the uh, the a word, but. Uh, aside from those that are that you just there's not much hope for them until some until they really get their fingers caught in the cookie jar. Um, aside from those guys, the total clowns, the other ones you can pretty much uh, I can pretty much use that technique with, and and they just you know do only what they absolutely have to do, and, uh, and then see you later. Well, sorry, I kind of but, misspoke, but what I was saying was they're kind of programmed to respond to that. It, it would make sense because they're, you know, they're trained, you know, hierarchy. I'm above you. You listen to me. Do everything I say. And you don't question it, blah, blah, blah. So if you just start talking to them like that, you might be able to um, enter into their programming. Yeah, could very well be. But what I really wanted to uh, say was I don't hear um, in your discussion of, like, say, you know, uh, bad policing or whatever it is, that, that that's the symptom. The real problem is, is that your your uh, what you call your government is actually not even a legal government according to the founding documents uh, of the country. So, if as much as you don't like the highest law of the land, the laws of the land, if those were actually followed, you wouldn't have policing that you're as you complain about it because the government that has set up that policing wouldn't exist because they shouldn't exist because they're completely illegal because they don't follow the law. Well, what do you expect to do about them not following the law? Like just force them to start following the law? Well, if, if, if everybody, if every single person out there would uh, get up their, uh, their dander and, uh, and act uh, as much as they can, I know it's not in everybody's makeup to do this, but to tell every person that oppresses them that comes along, you know, usually in the government or a governmental partner, exactly what's up, you know, here's what's up, here's what you're doing, here's what I'm not going to do, here's what's going to happen if you continue down this track. So, you know, go ahead, try us. If everybody would do that, it would start to correct. Well, you don't need everybody. I'll tell you this. I mean, I like where you're coming from on that, David, but all you really need is probably 5% or if you can get 10%, that'd be 10% would be amazing. And just finishing up this story here, we have been talking about SNAP. I think we barely even started it. Oh, yeah. The SNAP, which is the United States Department of Agriculture's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Welfare. 
Yeah, well, it's welfare for people who need food. EBT. And it describes it as well, only it's different basic... different that somehow, isn't it? Is it? It might be. I don't know anything well, about... Me it, either. It but... is because it describes it as... Um, Basic food items. But okay. it's like SNAP benefits. I've heard of this before. I think mm-hmm. it's similar to... Um, What's oh, EBT what stand called? for anyway? Electronic know. Benefit Transfer. Okay. So it's just the card. SNAP Sounds benefits like are provided through an okay. EBT That's, card. I thought they were somehow connected. But yeah. they're different mm-hmm. um, because you can get like benefits for being disabled and you can have EBT card. So but, um, EBT is the card, and then SNAP gets the... put through it, but you're saying other things can yeah. get put through it? Okay. So um, what's what's weird about it is it describes it as basic food items, but I always see people complaining that like stupid things are um, allowed to be bought through it because it's like some things are like way expensive like luxuries that aren't just a basic food item well, some things are i'm pretty sure cigarettes as long as like if you go to the grocery store and most grocery stores accept ebt cards and other sort of government benefits whatever i'm pretty sure you can buy whatever you want with them I think there's restrictions. As, there's restrictions, but I don't think that there are, like, a lot of people sit, complain about them. I don't really mm-hmm. know the details. I don't know. I've seen people buy, like, crazy stuff. And that's and the then, thing like, people some complain of them, about. And, like, you will see in the grocery stores, like, some items will have that tag, like, Snap. Mm-hmm. And it'll say, or, or, um, or certain gas stations will say, EBT accepted here. I was under the impression as long as, like, the store accepted it. You could essentially buy whatever you wanted with your EBT card. Okay, so I think it's true as far as like they're not going to stop you from buying, uh, you know, filet mignon. You should be able yeah. to buy that. Uh, but according to WAMU.org in an article about SNAP WIC EBT, apparently mm-hmm. WIC is the yeah, women, the women, infant women infants children. Infants children. Yeah. Um, what are the differences? It says households. So SNAP is what used to be called food stamps back in the day. Yep. They renamed the they renamed food stamps to SNAP. Uh, households can use these food stamps to buy all food intended to be eaten at home. This includes the four staple food categories. As well as non-alcoholic beverages, snack foods, soft drinks, candy, and ice. So, so yes, that's like everything. Okay, so not cigarettes. You can cigarettes. buy a bunch of junk, but yeah, you, you can't buy cigarettes buy, or like alcohol. Yeah, you cannot buy cigarettes and alcohol. Hot foods. You cannot buy okay. um, vitamins or medicines, pet foods, or items such as tissues, cosmetics, or soaps. Yeah, hmm. that's what it says here. But that's like still a lot of stuff. I mean, you can it's buy a, lot, a yeah. lot of candy, mm-hmm. you know, and feed your kids hmm. that. Yep. Well, um, apparently they're losing a billion dollars a month. Wait, is it a billion dollars a year? They're using no, they're losing a, year a billion a dollars every month. month. Okay, um, to alleged fraud and errors. So this um, legislator, Senator Ernst, put in a bill called the Snapback Inaccurate Snap Payments Act, and the legislation would slash spending by nearly one billion a month by ensuring all errors, regardless of the amount, be counted. The bill also directs state governments to stop handing out benefits. Ensuring all errors? Ensuring, with an E. Ensuring, okay. All errors, regardless of the amount, be counted. I don't understand what that means. Just, I don't really understand it either. Just, they need to be counted, like maybe as errors. Yeah, I don't know. How do you know it's an error if if it's a mistake? I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know, I don't and know. I don't know how this is going to do anything about the fraud that's uh, going on out well, there. Well, that's what it's getting into. It says, the bill also directs state governments to stop handing out benefits to individuals who are not eligible, mm. requires states to pay back what they owe, and directs states to recollect SNAP overpayments, ensuring that each household only receives exactly what they're eligible for. Yeah, and I've heard of a lot of people who like are on this sort of thing. Um, they will get extra money sometimes, mm. or they'll like accidentally or... A lot of people during COVID were applying for unemployment and all of these benefits without actually qualifying for them. And the um, like the Social Security or whatever office takes care of this. They were so overwhelmed that they were just like approving everybody. They weren't even really mm. like looking into mm. who was applying. They're just approving everybody. And then a lot of people didn't actually qualify. And I did hear of some people who were scamming the system, so to speak, and they had to pay money back. Hmm. So to me, this sounds like rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. I mean, (laughs) this is I mean, a billion dollars a month for the federal government isn't a whole lot of money, all things considered. 
And, you know, this guy isn't proposing an abolishment of welfare. So, like, whoopee-doo, he's going to pass some bill that he thinks is going to do something about this. I mean, I don't know if I believe it's going to. uh, And you probably won't know for years anyway before they can come up with new statistics. And then they'll throw up their hands and they'll be shocked by some other ridiculous thing. I don't know. It's hard to really care. The last thing. Additionally, the legislation will hold states accountable for payment error rates to incentivize better management of funds and improve the accuracy of SNAP payment error rates by requiring all errors be reported. So it's kind of weird. Like, how are they not getting reported? It's bureaucracy. I mean, there's there's all kinds of things that'll probably drop, fall through the cracks with uh, bureaucrats. And there's not going to be any kind of punishment for anybody who doesn't report the things. It's just, well, you guys have been doing this wrong for the last 50 years, so now we're going to make it so you have to pay us back. I mean, whoopee-doo. Well, Ian had a story about near-death experiences. Uh, Well, at least one near-death experience from a man who previously had described himself as an atheist the story from the Jerusalem Post at jpost.com. Uh, there are many unanswered questions in life. The essence of life, existence beyond our planet, and what lies ahead after death. These mysteries have perplexed brilliant minds worldwide with divergent beliefs about the afterlife. While some strongly believe in heaven and hell or reincarnation, others deny the existence of an afterlife, proclaiming that we simply cease to exist. However, one man's encounter during a near-death experience has challenged this disbelief. Jose Hernandez, at the time an avowed atheist, has shared how a life-altering incident transformed his perspective. Speaking to the YouTube channel Shaman Oaks, or rather Shaman Oaks, Hernandez recounts his extraordinary journey that began with a routine work assignment as an engineer. His near-death experience occurred while fixing an electrical issue from Mm. atop a bucket truck. He says, I was a staunch atheist. As an engineer, I focused solely on logical explanations. But that day, everything changed. We were running late, and my partner, concerned for my safety, inadvertently crashed our truck into a tree. With concern for his safety? (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of confusing. The impact left me with multiple broken ribs, and I was rushed to the emergency room. Oh, I thought it was going to have something to do with getting electrocuted, but... At the hospital, uh, Hernandez's breathing ceased and medical staff fought desperately to save his life. In that critical moment, he found himself contemplating God and making a promise, if you get me through this, I'll change, he said. It was then that he noticed a mysterious presence in the room. He says, I saw a shadow standing by the door. At that point, I thought, I've endured so much in life, perhaps it's fine to let go. And the moment the shadow touched my toe... An overwhelming sense of relief, calm, peace, and love engulfed me. It was euphoric, he said. As medical professionals performed CPR on him, Hernandez claims the shadow spoke to him. He said, next, I found myself suspended in the corner of the room, observing the resuscitation efforts. A voice beside me said, think of your body as a car. This vehicle has traveled 8 million miles, and there's nothing more we can fix. It's time to bid farewell to your body. The voice instructed me, okay, it's time to move on. Weird. Why'd he come back then? Following this, Hernandez describes a descent into a black hole where he experienced flying and witnessed mesmerizing cities, breathtaking forests, and wild herds of animals in motion. In this celestial realm, he was assured that he would be able to see his children, and most significantly, he was reunited with his father. He said, when I met my father on the other side, I realized that sometimes we may be unable to express certain things here, but elsewhere we can, he said. Near-death experiences often share common elements, with many individuals reporting similar experiences during CPR. While some interpret these encounters as evidence of consciousness beyond the physical realm, medical professionals offer an alternative explanation. Emeritus professor of biochemistry William Revel, in an article in the Irish Times, argues that near-death experiences reflect brain activity during moments of oxygen deprivation. It's so dumb because that has been disproven, and people just say it. Like, there's not, like, studies that disprove that. Because they, it talks about it, and if you read Melvin, Dr. Melvin Morris's books, 
how they will do studies where they purposely deprive like the people's brains of oxygen or study people who brains are being deprived of oxygen and it doesn't create these things it'll create hallucinations like sometimes um like oh i see something in the room it's not there but it doesn't create these things that near-death experiences have specific um elements to them not all of the people who have the experiences are being oxygen deprived either yeah that's the other thing it's just so dumb like doctors will just say that so that way somebody reading this article will be like okay no i have an explanation so i can move on and go uh, well isn't there still uh, brain activity after people are dead i don't know if it has anything to do with oxygen but yeah after people die their brains still lighting up in uh certain ways apparently i've heard that before but maybe not everyone i don't know he suggests the reports of a light at the end of a tunnel may be the result of falling oxygen levels in the retina, creating tunnel vision. In Jose Hernandez's case, his near-death experience challenged his atheism and opened his eyes to the possibility of an afterlife. I feel like we got not the whole story here. Like, hmm. you know, like he said, uh, you know, or like you said, Bonnie, why did he end up coming back? If, if he the was, spirit was telling him, all right, it's time to die. Yeah, already crossed over. Uh, obviously, this is not a particularly detailed retelling here, but apparently the full story is available on this YouTube channel, which well, is called Shaman Oaks. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.